0: Let's get some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I want to know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I want to play.
1: Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about movies by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan.
0: And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be discussing the film Jaws.
1: And joining us today is our special guest, production supervisor Ellen Tremedy. Hi Ellen. Ellen. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here.
0: Ellen, we are so excited to (laughs) chat with you today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do?
2: Well, I'm a production supervisor right now working in animated feature films, uh, specializing in what's called the front end which means script, story, and editorial. Uh, The back end is where the film is actually animated, effects are added, lighting, et cetera. So I specialize in the front end. For script, I manage all the script pages coming in from our writers. I prep pages for all of our recording sessions. I line pages. Uh, That's when you mark takes as the actor says lines. And then once our sessions are over, I scan them and get them over to the editorial department, who breaks them down and cuts them in. For story, what that means is I manage the story artist team for the film. We can have up to about 12 artists working, and I manage what scenes they're storyboarding, when they're due, when they get turned over to editorial, making sure we stay on track, making sure that they have what they need. And then uh, for, for editorial, it's, what I just mentioned, plus also managing their workload, what scenes they're cutting when they're due. Usually we're working towards a screening. So I back up from there and I'm like, okay, making sure that they have enough time to cut what they need to cut and also QC it before the screening.
0: That's very cool. So when you're, you know, working with uh, the the script and making sure that these deadlines are getting met, how many takes do you normally do? you know, voice actors work with that you have to manage, let's say on, on a featured film?
2: So it's really up to the director and how many takes he or she wants for a particular line. I've ran out of space marking the pages and had to go into the second line, you know, over 40 takes. I mean yeah. that happened, but also sometimes we would do three and move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it really varies.
0: Okay. Interesting. Very cool. And For animation, is the animation done first and then the voice matched to it, or is the voice done first and the animation matched to that?
2: So 99% of the time, when at all possible, the voice is recorded first so the actor can express the character as they would like, and then the animation team actually uses footage. We usually give them the actual footage of them doing the lines, and then they match it to their performance.
1: Oh, cool. Fantastic. What are some projects you've worked on?
2: So when I was at Warner Brothers, I worked on the Lego Ninjago movie. Nice. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, was a lot of fun. Very fast paced. Yeah. And then now at DreamWorks, I just wrapped on Spirit Untamed, which comes out June 4th. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we made that movie in the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When I came on the project, we had done four professional voice records we did over 50 in quarantine wow Wow. yeah it totally changed the way that we normally work Mm -hmm. we animated to the actors voices but we had to ship the mics they recorded from home
0: wow oh interesting
2: yeah wherever they were at the time Mm -hmm. and then towards the end of production when it was safe and everyone was tested they came in and had to adr match their voice often to the performance they had given which yeah. is very unusual for animation. Yeah. It happens in live action all the time, right? But almost unheard of in animation. But we have these wonderful live action actors who came in, and it was like nothing for them. They were so used to it. Yeah. So they really did a great job. And where possible, we save the audio. But with people recording, it, it gets really roomy. They're in closets. Mm-hmm. They're in their bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. they're not in professional <laughs> studios. Yeah. Right. 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 Wow. How did the direction work when they were recording
1: at home? Did they just have to like be on Zoom with the director or something?
2: Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah. We were on a Zoom call. I mean, essentially a different platform, but basically Zoom. And our director would be in one square, the -hmm. actor in the other. The rest of us would mute. Our sound uh, engineer would be on as well. Mm -hmm. He would mute. And basically, he would be the one making sure that everything was hooked up as best as possible. Things were... Being recorded correctly. And then our director would just mute and unmute and let them perform. And that's basically how we did it.
0: That's fascinating. So
2: impressive that, I mean, you just, I guess you just had
1: to get it figured out. Like, (laughs) how do we make this work?
2: I can tell you it was a great test in working together and staying calm. There was one record with one of our biggest actors. We got on the call and his setup wasn't working something had changed when they had tested and Mm -hmm. something had changed and we just had to sit there because the actors in their home no one can pop in and help them so our sound engineer had to just step one is your mic plugged in yeah (laughs) You know step two (laughs) your sound on and you know he he was like i hope so i have some real issues but (laughs) just kept going you know and he stayed calm and we stayed calm it took 42 minutes
1: yeah wow
2: out of a two-hour session but we just had to run with it and then once it was set up we got as much as we could get yeah wow that's so crazy so the
0: point of recording it while they're at home is the animators can then take that and do the animation and then, like you said, later, you brought everyone in to record the official takes that they'll use.
2: Yeah, basically what we decided in this sort of unprecedented time is that we would record them at home as best we could make sure that they got to perform because we want the animation, no matter what, to match what they do. And yeah, the, right. assumption, yeah, the assumption is they can match themselves later if needed. So we recorded everything, cut it all in, and then we had an ADR expert come in, review all of our takes and highlight the ones that we had to replace, the ones that we could replace, and the ones that we didn't have to replace. And we went from there and then went through all of those sessions. Wow. That's
0: very impressive. (laughs) So what was your path for this career, Ellen?
2: Well, I let's see. I came out to LA uh, spring 2009 graduated from Emerson. I wanted to get into film. I also love to write. So I just, I interned at Lionsgate. I got my first job at a company called uh, SAG Indie, which is basically like a nonprofit that helps indie filmmakers learn how to work with professional guilds like SAG. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. yeah, it was a great first job. I got to go to Sundance. I got to travel to other film festivals. It was like a great first job. Got my feet wet. Then I got into development on a desk and it happened to be an animation desk. Okay. So that's what got me into animation. And from there, I learned that I like working on the film itself. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to actually make the project and, you know, like roll up my sleeves and help make it. So that got me into script story and editorial after I worked in development for it was like development slash production I was able to work on a couple films that we had so I got to kind of dip my toes in that way and then a position opened up at Warner Brothers and I got to jump over there so I would say I just love filmmaking and writing in general so this job I was lucky to have it that I could keep it during the uh, quarantine mm-hmm. and I just since I like to write I like working in script and that's pretty much mm-hmm. uh, where I'm at.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. When a voice actor goes off script, do you have to slap them?
2: (laughs) No, we we often run with it because we haven't animated it yet. So that's true. Yeah. We often, you know, for me, I'm just on the sideline. I have to jot down all of their ad libs. So I'm like frantically scribbling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet that's real fun.
2: Yeah. That's like the hardest part. But when they're really good and they go off script a lot, they give us so much to work with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, fun. it's just fun to, like, see them bring the character to life. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. That's very cool. So what is the difference between a production supervisor and a story supervisor?
2: So actually, that is the same job. Okay. Except it's sort of like how all hot tubs are jacuzzis, but not all jacuzzis are hot tubs. It's like Right, that-
0: sure.
2: Yeah, so the production supervisor can work in any department. Okay. I was a production supervisor in story. Okay, all right, cool.
0: Very cool. Very cool. You specialize in animation. How does that compare to that same kind of a job in live action projects?
2: So in some ways, I think it is very similar. I think script supervising and edit supervising is in some ways pretty similar. Story supervising deviates because I manage the team of storyboard artists, and I don't know if that job specifically exists in live action, although there are storyboard artists on most live action movies. People don't realize that. No. But yeah, managing the team of storyboard artists is very specific to animated film.
0: Cool.
1: Have you also worked as like a second unit director or assistant director?
2: I have. I did a lot in college. Yeah. And I did for a friend when I came out here on her short film. Oh, cool. Yeah, so assistant director Mm -hmm. helps keep everyone on time and on track. So you have the list of shots for the day, you have the schedule for the day, and you're in charge of being like, okay, we're now 30 minutes behind. We're now an hour behind. Okay.
0: (laughs) And you're never ahead, right?
2: You're never ahead. Oh, you're (laughs) never ahead. (laughs) It's like, how far behind are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And then a second unit. Why would a film need a second unit?
2: That would be if you're making, let's say a big action movie with your stars on one, you know, in one place, but you need a lot of like Mm B-roll of the landscape and, or a city or flyovers or just extra footage to fill things in. And, and your main um, director doesn't have to be there.
0: Okay. Very cool.
2: I know
1: you also are a writer, a book writer. Do you Mm -hmm. want to tell us anything about that? And does that ever intersect with your work in the film industry or are they pretty separate? Mm
2: -hmm. So I would say my writing does intersect. Um, being a script supervisor has made sure that I'm an expert in final draft. And I also oh, do yeah. like to screenwrite. So yeah, I know all the tips and tricks now. So I've done some freelance screenwriting okay. and I'm, I'm continuing to try to build up those credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, fiction though, it's just a lot of fun for me to write. Yeah. And I think it's just part of wanting to be like a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I sold my first a short story to Alfred Hitchcock's mystery magazine this past year that's awesome awesome that was huge yeah that was huge for me just submitted it into the slush pile was so excited to hear back Um, yeah so now I'm just trying to I decided to buckle down and write my first book which I hope you know I'll be able to put out there into the world now especially with the Alfred Hitchcock credit and just see what can happen with it
0: that's very exciting yeah it's awesome so Ellen, do you have a favorite moment or maybe some kind of unbelievable, uh, unbelievable moment from a project that you've worked on?
1: Even a moment where you're like, I can't believe this is my job or what I do for a living.
2: <laughs> I mean, probably, probably being in the pandemic, in my living room, plugged into a Zoom call, having a movie star performing these lines for our movie, We had, um, we have songs in uh, the upcoming movie, Spirit Untamed, um, a little bit of singing. Mm -hmm. So our actors sometimes had to sing from home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just watching them just like you and I now, except they have to focus, do a whole performance sitting down. I mean, that definitely stood out to me. And I will say working with Walton Goggins was Mm -hmm. really amazing. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. And he plays this horse wrangler and he's sitting like in a chair in yeah. an office performing <laughs> and pretending he's riding a horse for like hours. And he just, he just gave it a hundred percent. And it's yeah. just amazing to see him bring the story to life, pretending to be this bad guy and to be riding this horse when he's really just sitting in a chair in his living room and he, or in his office and he just sold it so well. I, yeah. I was just like, this is so much fun. Yeah. A cool moment. Yeah, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, for those of you at home, Walton Goggins, uh, you might know him from Justified or um, mm-hmm. many Quentin Tarantino movies or uh, he was also on The Righteous Gemstones. Um, yeah, very, very stuff. talented actor. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: Do you have any advice for people who are interested in a profession like yours?
2: Yeah, definitely. One thing I'll say too is if you want to work in animation, but you aren't an artist, that's yeah. okay. There are a lot of roles that you can do that still have to do with, you know, contributing to the film and mm-hmm. making it and being a filmmaker, um, even if you aren't uh, the storyboard artist or the, you know, animator. Right. Before the pandemic, I would say come out to Los Angeles as quick as you can. Yeah. Get your foot in the door and just try to work your way up. Everyone's path is different. You'll hear that over and over again, but it's just good to like get here and get your foot in the door. Now, after quarantine, there might be um, more to that. Things might be changing more. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's just about being ambitious to work on your own projects. Mm -hmm. Get your foot in the door and keep meeting people because that's so important. A lot of it is about who you know and, you know, them giving you a chance at something and just being ready when that time comes. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic.
2: Yeah.
1: And would you say, have you found that um, once you work with people, they're they're usually pretty willing to like help you like either get to the next step or make another connection?
2: Yeah, I would definitely say so. You mm-hmm. show that, you know, you're there to be a team player and, yeah. and to just be nice. I mean, there are a lot of people in this industry that are not as nice, but yeah. I find that the people I try to surround myself with are really, really great people who want to just, you know make cool content yeah
0: that's awesome
2: like I said everyone's path is so different but Mm -hmm. if you want to work in this industry you can and you're you just have to get your foot in the door somewhere and it it can be you know all different facets and as long as you're moving towards your goals Mm -hmm. you know it's it's all good
0: perfect that's
2: that's good for people to hear
0: all right let's get to our featured film today we're discussing the 1975 film jaws it was written by peter benchley and carl gottlieb it was directed by steven spielberg it stars roy scheider robert shaw and richard dreyfuss it won the oscar for best sound best film editing and best music of an original dramatic score yes so susan he gives a quick breakdown, what's this movie about?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this movie takes place on Amity Island in the summer. It's a big beach town, very dependent on tourists coming in and using that beach and going out in the water. Um, and of course the film opens with a terrible shark attack. And once the sheriff finds out about it, he's like, we gotta close the beaches, it's too dangerous. And then of course, I'm sure a lot of people you know the mayor comes and he's like, absolutely not. We're coming up on the 4th of July. We make way too much money on tourists. You're not closing the beaches. We're gonna keep them open. Inevitably, looks like the mayor made the wrong choice because a young boy is soon after attacked by a shark. Um, his mom puts out this bounty on the shark. So now even more people are pouring into the island. The sheriff's like, we got to close the beaches. So the mayor gives him 24 hours to catch this shark. So the sheriff, a scientist, uh, like a marine scientist, and then this kind of old seafarer, this old grizzled seafarer, team up, the three of them go out on a boat to hunt this giant shark. And of course, their first encounter with it, immediately, that classic line, they're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So before we get too far into it, Ellen, you picked this movie for us to watch today. Why did you pick Jaws?
2: Well, it's a masterclass in uh, suspense filmmaking. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) And Steven Spielberg has famously said, you know thank god that big mechanical shark didn't work most of the time right you you just picture putting this gigantic shark in the water and of course it sank (laughs) so what happened is they were forced to go more alfred hitchcock Mm -hmm. and come up with ways to to build up that tension without actually showing the shark and i just love when you watch it i just love seeing all the ways that they made it work and ended up with this amazing movie and it's because they had to think outside of the box. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. And, you know, it, it still holds up today yeah. as a film because, you know, they're not showing the shark a whole lot. And it, it certainly pops up once in a while and it really does come out of nowhere. But, you know, never very long, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the shot of the actual shark are pretty brief and therefore very effective.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually, I rewatched it last night and was looking at fun facts. And a fun fact about Jaws is that it—he shows up eighty-one minutes in. He's only on screen for four minutes total.
0: Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's He's a real out. Hannibal Lecter, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's
1: incredible because, like, like you said, Alan, they do such like the presence of the shark is there the whole time you feel that tension of it being right there at the edge of the screen it's gonna you never know when it's gonna pop out but the fact that it's only on there for four minutes that just shows like how well they did building that tension and building like how scary that creature was right you
2: yeah yeah using pieces like a chunk of dock you're, mm-hmm. you're watching it float you're watching a guy swim back towards the dock yeah chunk of dock which is you know been hooked on jaws with like a big hook uh-huh. turns around and the piece of wood starts going back towards the man and you just know you never see the shark but you just know what's happening. Yeah. It's like still scary watching. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Or when
0: all the people are in the, are in the water and you, you hear the music coming so you yeah. know somebody's about to get bitten but you don't right. know who. Yeah. And so you know when uh, Brody the uh, chief Brody's like looking around on the mm-hmm. beach and you just there's that wonderful shot uh they do of his face which is very famous uh where they zoom in on his face. They zoom out on the background so it mm-hmm. looks like really really cool zooming on his face and he realizes that uh the shark is there yeah uh, it's such a cool moment in the film and so scary
1: yeah and just the camera moving underwater through everyone's legs I was like oh my god like the shark's gonna yeah. bump into somebody and I'm like uh it was so tense yeah exactly <laughs> which all that footage they were able to get just without yeah yeah it's just all point of view shots it's incredible totally
0: and you know this movie really works because it's not just about scaring people with the shark so a lot of movies have done that it's also about these great characters Mm -hmm. um you know you have chief brody played just like this stray guy who doesn't like water you know and he's just a normal cop but you know it's sort of has to deal with this terrible mayor (laughs) who's forcing him to do bad things um, and then teams up with this wacky scientist guy and this awesome (laughs) shark hunting uh, grizzled guy who you only understand about about half of what he says.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really needed the captioning, so I was like, "What is he talking about?"
0: <laughs> He's fantastic, yeah. and the stories from the set are that he was not very nice to uh, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, like during the the filming of it, which shows in their characters, right? Yeah, was he
1: like <laughs> don't get along? Yeah, was he like method acting? Uh,
0: either that, or the actors just he was didn't like each other. He was I don't just know.
2: Being himself, right? But
0: of course. <laughs> He's the most experienced, so he has to die at the end. Spoilers. Spoilers.
2: Well, interestingly, also something I looked up last night, they rewrote the ending also due to how filming was going. Apparently, Quint, I think is his name, the old, frizzled one, he was supposed to be the only one who lived. Really? Yes. And when there's a sequence where um, Richard Dreyfuss's character goes underwater in a shark cage... And Jaws attacks him.
1: Yeah.
2: The stuntman, uh, they used a live shark during that sequence. You oh can my see God. It, like turning over on top of the cage. It got mm-hmm. kind of stuck at one point. He was supposed to die in that sequence, but the, the stuntman was uncomfortable going back in the water to finish it. So they rewrote it and decided to have him swim off and hide. Okay. And then they decided it would be more, perhaps better, if. Quint was the one who died, kind of going yeah. back to the the water, right? So it yeah. actually, I think, what worked for the best. But I read that that wasn't the original intention. Wow, that's super Crazy. interesting Yeah, I can't believe.
1: I guess it was the 70s, right? But I can't imagine they'd be allowed to use a real shark today.
2: Yeah, you know they they only I think they only used it in that sequence, and yeah. they had a smaller cage and a very a smaller man. Uh, okay.
0: To make the shark look bigger.
2: To make the shark look look bigger.
0: Gotcha.
2: And he, you know, swam around the shark cage, which people do go in the water with shark cages. Right. But yeah. I I do think that it was like it was more intense than they were they thought yeah. they signed on for. So they were like, let's let's stop here. Yeah. They didn't have enough footage to to finish out the, the sequence. Apparently, they used a, a dummy for one shot and put the shark cage back in the water with the shark, okay. but they didn't have enough to do the death sequence. Right interesting <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah. That would, yeah that's a totally
1: different ending and
0: mm-hmm. i mean this movie is so quotable
1: mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. there's so many lines of course you're gonna need a bigger boat yeah i mean there's so many different ones
2: was i think oh was it really yeah that was a ad-lib line oh nice
0: that's fantastic and the scares are so funny in this one because i mean you know the shark's always mm-hmm. right there but when he jumps out it is it is big
1: yeah it gets me every time you know like <laughs> that's the whole point of the movie yeah. but we yeah. have <laughs>
0: seen this movie a couple times yeah. yeah yeah, yeah get you
2: it's amazing when they got the mechanical shark to work and you're like yeah. wow that thing is big <laughs> yeah
1: it's huge like right. when it first came up on the boat i was like oh my god
2: yeah.
0: this was also the first film that they actually shot on the ocean which made oh, things really? very complicated yeah. because you're shooting yes. on an ocean, mm-hmm. and you know you can't control anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's super interesting.
2: It was very um, taxing. Apparently, the boat, the boat, the actors were on. It does sink in the movie, but it actually started sinking, like not intentionally during oh, filming. No. Like, there, was, there were a lot of issues. <laughs> and as far as jump scares, I guess I'm just full of fun facts today. I was so excited. Yeah. No, about that's great. That. I love it. I was reading about it last night, and for jump scares, there's that moment when Richard Dreyfus is underwater checking out the, the boat, uh, like yes. they a boat, and yeah. then there's a hole in the boat, and he swims up to it, and all of a sudden, this dead body pops up. Yeah. And like, oh my God. Apparently, that was shot much later in the editor's swimming pool. Really? Really? <laughs> because they didn't get that shot when they were filming. And Spielberg really wanted it. The Mm -hmm. studio said, we're not paying for this. Like you're over time, you're over budget. So (laughs) he spent a few thousand dollars of his own money. Wow. To to get that shot because he wanted it in the movie. Oh my gosh. Worth
0: it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it worked out, right? He was right. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good moment.
1: Yeah.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I remember thinking in that moment is like, why is he doing that now? They can just
2: drag the boat back. Why is
0: he right. in right. the
1: water? Right. Anyone ever getting in the
2: water? Yeah. <laughs> like without that jump scare, you might as well cut that whole beat, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: that scene doesn't yeah. really do anything. Yeah. Um yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, that was a good call. But oh my gosh. Again, the tension of just being like, get out of there, just get out. Just yeah. <laughs> everyone stay on <down> the beach. <laughs> <laughs> also another thing i think they did really well is there's a tension of the point of view of the shark that was really great but then also just the stuff going on around like when the guy's playing with his dog and then all of a sudden he's calling for his dog and it's not coming back on the beach and i'm like oh no oh no what happened to the dog like what did oh, we not so just yeah like,
0: totally and the yeah. whole
1: environment contributed to it really well
0: and speaking of the environment the music is <laughs> so good at setting that dread you know um john williams did the score for this and He's a very famous composer who did, you know, Star Wars, he did Indiana Jones, he did the first Harry Potter theme, so many classic movie themes, and, you know, this was one of his first films with Spielberg, and, you know, he was a young guy at the time, and he just kills it on, on, the, on the tension that he creates with the music. It's so totally. simple.
2: Totally. So, I mean, when you think of Jaws, you think of the theme song. Mm-hmm. Right. They just go together.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's
1: yeah, yeah. really iconic.
0: Jaws as a, as a film is very important um, in terms of a lot of people consider it the very first summer blockbuster. And, you know, when it first came out, it, made, it set the record for most money earned by a film. And it really kicked off what people consider. It sort of changed how studios put out summer movies to try to pull people into the theaters.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think it's important to mention, I've heard... Spielberg talk about this uh, that you know that making the movie was really difficult mm-hmm. and some people couldn't do it they that some of his crew needed to go back home and ask him if they could leave and you know he said he had to step up and of course let them go yeah. and it, it helped teach him how to how to try to lead people and he also learned from things he did wrong and mm-hmm. you know trying to make this movie under extraordinary issues yeah it, it wasn't an easy film to make but it turned out incredible despite that yeah
1: yeah it's really good and even visually I think it holds up it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. look dated or anything I mean obviously the clothing but um you don't I don't notice it like when you're watching it you don't notice like yeah this was definitely filmed in the 70s it's like no this is pretty like pretty evergreen story and like yeah beans and
2: everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so scary to me like rewatching it last night. I was like, "Oh my god, like this is yeah. scarier than I remember." Like yeah.
1: <laughs> definitely. Uh, like that scene in the pond with the kids and then that man's leg gets bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah. scary.
2: And 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 the suspense of that is, you know, so great that everyone on the main beach, that's mm-hmm. where all, all the panic is and then you've forgotten
1: yeah
2: the pond. you know there's just all the stuff like that mm-hmm. and I actually watching it was thinking about how there were some similarities in like uh uh Jurassic Park yeah right. I know yeah different things that Spielberg did when Quint is on the boat when they're out in the ocean and his fishing line starts to tick you know mm-hmm. tick, tick, tick. it reminded me of the glass of water yeah you know, when it starts to ripple with every step yeah, um, yeah, so, absolutely. you know, and then he slowly puts on his vest and gets mm-hmm. ready to strap himself into the boat. That reminded me of the, like, raptor scene. Yes. You know, where, um forget his name, but the wildlife expert is, like, getting his gun ready and setting yeah. up. You know and you just know that they're he's mm. about to come face to face with something really scary
1: yeah yeah it's really well done
0: yeah and you know uh these films are so good at having like a grizzled professional that's like mm-hmm. already taken <laughs> down animals like yeah. this before and immediately get killed <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know that the uh the stakes are high yeah they're
2: real <laughs> right totally like yeah they've never seen anything like this before that kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah And I mean, it really does come back to character work because, you know, I've I've seen so many monster movies, right? So, I mean, but I mean, Spielberg knows how to build characters that you care about. Mm -hmm. So there you're invested in the movie. It sort of sets this apart from other movies is that, you know, you, you want these characters to survive. And I love at the end of the film, when he finally shoots the tank and the shark explodes and he just like he's just you know shouts with joy yeah he's so happy it's like that's actually how you would react yeah you would be like oh you know like
1: all right we're done here yeah like i'm a badass (laughs) with an explosion behind me
0: like no like this that actually makes sense of like he's freaking out because he actually survived
2: yeah the sense of relief right yeah
0: anything else on the movie before we finish up with our game
2: let me double check some of my fun facts. Yeah, tell us if you have any more cool facts. I like this. We'll have to add this this to the
0: show. (laughs) Also, Ellen, who would you recommend this movie to?
2: I would recommend it to anyone interested in studying suspense in filmmaking. Yeah. And yeah, and also anyone who enjoys action movies now Mm -hmm. or monster movies now. Also, if you're a fan of hitchcockian type movies
0: right
2: yeah anyone any of that i think you would really love this movie yeah
0: fantastic susan what do you think
1: yeah i same and then also it's just i think this is a great summer movie like it's a great if you have like a projector and you set it up in your backyard i think this is a good movie to like you know invite your friends over as long as they're not afraid of watching horror movies just a really it would be a really fun movie to watch outside just a fun summer
0: movie perfect
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: More fun facts about Jaws. Yeah, Ellen, what do you have for us?
2: (laughs) Well, I will say one I don't think I mentioned yet Mm -hmm. because of all the issues that they had setting up also with boats and planes and things going by and people not part of the movie. They had on average 12 hour days and they they were able to shoot for about four of those hours. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So very challenging.
1: Yeah, four hours out of 12. So the rest- was just getting interrupted, I guess.
2: (laughs) Probably setting up and trying to lift that that huge shark and get it in and out of the water. imagine.
0: And because you're, yeah, you're on the ocean, so you have to Mm -hmm. wait for the lighting to be right and the water to be right.
2: Yeah, there was, there's one shot in the beginning or a couple shots cut together that my husband Aaron noticed. They went from an evening shot to a day for night shot back to a kind of evening shot. So they must've needed more coverage and had to go back and try to match what they'd done before yeah so just, right probably there's a little bit of like magic movie making there
1: yeah. <laughs> shooting a movie is rough anyway but to be in a completely uncontrolled environment has got to make it kind of a nightmare
2: <laughs> oh yeah i mean definitely it's it's one of those things where like what we've been talking about this whole time with jaws is um it's not the movie they set out to make at all yeah yeah but spielberg has said you know thank god for that because it's they ended up with the movie that they have and I think that they also he also learned from his experience making this movie um also yeah
0: thank you for doing all that research yeah that was was great
2: great. oh yeah no problem (laughs) I I wanted to come with some fun facts
0: (laughs) I love it we like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling you can quote me on that We're going to see how well both of you know famous movie lines. Ellen, you're playing against Susan. So here are the rules. You will each have one minute to identify as many movies as you can from a line of well-known dialogue. As soon as you know the movie, shout it out. If you don't know, you can pass. Whoever gets the most right wins our prize. So, Susan, what's our prize?
1: Uh, Our prize is going to be some Life in the Credits merch. It's like a mug or a shirt if you want. But, um, yeah, and then we'll mail that to you after the show.
2: (laughs) We'll mail you
0: something fun.
2: Yes. Cool.
0: All right. So, Ellen, you've elected to go second, which means Susan is going first. Okay. Are you ready?
1: I guess, yeah. All
0: right. You're going to have one minute. I'm going to start reading lines of dialogue. You just shout out the name. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. The time will start after the first line is read. Okay. These aren't the droids you're looking for.
1: It's Star Wars... Do I need to know this? Know. No, that's fine. That's okay. Good.
0: My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die.
1: Princess Bride.
0: Yes. Fisher friends, not food.
1: Finding Nemo.
0: Yes. You're killing me, Smalls.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I know this line, but I don't remember. I've never seen the movie that it's in. So you want to pass? Yeah, pass.
0: This is my boomstick.
1: Is this like. Uh, Sean of the Dead or something?
0: Nope, I'm sorry. Pass. <laughs> okay. the, the things you own end up owning you. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. <gasps> I'm sure.
1: I know that sounds really familiar. You have 15 only... seconds. A pass.
0: Do you know what happens when a toad to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else.
1: What? I don't know. Pass.
0: <laughs> I volunteer as tribute.
1: Uh, Hunger Games. Yep.
0: I drink your milkshake.
1: Uh, no country for no. Um, there will be blood. Yes. Okay. All right.
0: That was. Okay.
1: How many see. did I get? Like, three. One, two, three.
0: <laughs> you got five correct. Oh wow! Good job. You okay. got five correct. Okay. Those were some hard ones.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there were some hard ones in there. There were some. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, I don't It's <laughs> okay, Ellen. You'll you'll don't be, be uh, Just real is- quickly. Uh, the ones that Susan got wrong. You're Killing Me Smalls is from The Sandlot.
1: Okay, yes, duh.
0: This is My Boomstick is from Army of Darkness. Okay, I don't, i never seen that
2: one. I didn't know that one. Yeah.
0: The things you own end up owning you. It's only after we've lost everything that you are free to do anything. Is from Flight Club.
2: Oh, do I haven't
1: you, seen that movie in forever. Yeah.
0: Do you know what happens when a toad gets is struck this by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. That's from X-Men
1: oh wow! i did not remember
0: that <laughs> yeah that's a famous line from x-men all right so that that was a tough one but now ellen can you beat five
2: i don't know let's find out <laughs> let's find out
0: all right so i the, i'm going to start the time after i read the first line of dialogue are you ready yes great you know the thing about a shark it's got lifeless eyes black eyes like a doll's jaws. eye jaws is correct you can't handle the truth
2: a few good men.
0: Yes. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like a clown, like I amuse you, I make you laugh. Uh,
2: good fellows. Yes. Oh, nice.
0: I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. I'm going to pass. Okay. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
2: Oh, uh, I know this one, but my brain, uh, I'm going to pass.
0: The rug really tied the room together.
2: Oh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, with uh, uh, Oh, my God. With the dude. Yeah. Um, I know the movie, but I'm blanking on the name. That's okay. We'll
0: come back to it. You stay classy, San Diego.
2: Um, that is uh, um, uh, Anchorman.
0: Yes. Live moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it.
2: Shawshank Redemption?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. That's Ferris Bueller's Day off. Oh. All right. So you guys have tied.
2: Did we?
1: We did? I think so. Okay. Yeah.
0: I find your general direction. Your mother was a hamster. Your father smelled to elderberries. That was my python in the Holy Grail. Louie, I think this is a beautiful. Uh, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That was Casablanca. The room really tied the room together was The Big Lebowski. Oh, yes. And finally, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right, so we're going to do a final round.
1: Okay, is this a lightning round? This is a lightning round.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to read a a famous movie quote. And you have to just yell it out as fast as you can. You have to beat Susan. (laughs) Lightning round, here we go. First to answer correctly wins. Okay. I've got a feeling we're not in kansas anymore
2: wizard of oz, wizard of oz is correct <laughs> ellen
0: you've won
1: <laughs> congratulations that line i always hear it and i'm like oh that's from a movie that's referencing the wizard of oz i always forget that it's in the real movie because i it's in other movies use it all the time i feel like yep yeah absolutely yeah, yeah.
2: well that was fun
1: <laughs> see you knew a lot well I did not done. know goodfellas I didn't know there's a few on yours I was like I don't know what that
2: is so. the, sometimes the problem is like it, yeah when I when I do these like trivia names I'm like uh, games I like I know it but it's yeah. like it's like two minutes later Sometimes right it's like <laughs> right it's
1: like right back here and it's on a really slow train to the front of my brain yeah <laughs> right. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh- <laughs> and there's I mean there's titles like the Big Lebowski whereas if it's not on the tip of your yeah, tongue you and know, it's and
2: it's so unrelated to right, you know. Right. Yeah, that, that one's gonna haunt me because I knew that one. I was like lost yes. the movie in my head and then yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great job, Ellen. Yes, yeah, so that was a great well, well done. Ellen, before we let you go, would you like to plug anything?
2: Sure. Yes. Uh well the movie I worked on in the pandemic, Spirit Untamed, comes out June fourth. It's a great family film. You can go okay. to check it out
0: fantastic
2: is that coming out in theaters or streaming so it is actually coming out in theaters oh cool all theaters first and then i think maybe a few weeks later it'll switch platforms okay
1: awesome
0: great well we're excited to see it well ellen thank you so much for joining today this was awesome
1: yeah this was great thank you so much and thanks for looking up all those fun facts that was really fun (laughs) of
2: course thank you so much for having me Life in the Credits is
1: hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner,
0: And me, Ben Bloom.
1: It's executive produced by Michelle Levin.
0: The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSongs.com.
1: The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin.
0: If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com.
1: If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. It's like right back here and it's on a really slow train to the front of my brain.